And you, when you do that kind of searching and you really hit a bottom, maybe several times I can say, I, you know, I've got the scars on my butt to show the bottoms. Um, you have to start looking inside. And in looking inside, uh, you see things that may have led you there. You see some bad decisions that you might have made and why, you know, and, and everything has, I, I truly believe that the actions that we take and certainly the actions I've taken in my life or the inactions have a root someplace. I just didn't decide to uh, replace drugs with, um, with a highly abusive relationship. And this, I don't say this to, to knock on myself. I just hadn't learned the lesson yet. I hadn't done all the work. And so getting out of that relationship and dealing with what the heck, I mean, talk about shame. Allowing oneself, allowing myself to, you know, to be hit and is a, a completely different type of pain. And so I, I became, I went into recovery in that way. And uh, I never really said it that way. But so I did an enormous amount of soul searching and, and spent a lot of time single and um, getting to know myself and getting to know people. And That's Claude Silver and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day Podcast. I'm... <laughs> really lucky. I'm trying to think of the right word to say here. I, I think lucky, blessed, grateful, other positive and thankful words to, uh, to use to describe how I'm feeling right now um, to bring you this next guest. And I know I, I say that kind of thing often. I really mean it right now, and, and I probably really mean it often, but maybe the, I extra really mean it right now. I've got today's guest, Claude Silver, here. She is the chief heart officer for VaynerMedia. For those who don't know, that's Gary Vaynerchuk's company. Um, for those who don't know who Gary V is, Google him. You'll you'll see pretty quickly. He's uh, he's huge. He's huge in a lot of different realms. He's got a massively popular podcast. But his company, VaynerMedia, is a really successful um, agency media company. And at the heart of that is the belief in the people and the values that the company espouses. And Claude is really, um, for lack of a better word, she's a sort of the steward of that. So her job is, she says, it's to scale Gary V. And the way you do that is through the people. And there's only one way to really get people to succeed. And Claude's view is just not what I think most people expect when they see a head of HR, which of course is not her title, but that's her role. Chief heart officer, instead of, you know, chief or head of HR, or whatever you want to call it, um, that implies it's more about the humans and their feelings and their contribution. And I was talking to an employee today about um, about this this interview, and one of the things I was saying is, you know, when you translate from the um, human resources world into this heart notion, what you're talking about is growing people and having creators and not just doers. So that difference is what allows you to not just give someone a task and get it done like productively and efficiently, but rather how you 
let them create and create opportunity and create growth and create the next horizon for the company and for themselves and for those around them. That sense of values um, is really powerful in Claude and it's powerful in VaynerMedia as well, but it comes from somewhere. And that's what I wanted to get into with Claude. It's not just who she is and what she's about today, but why she is and why she's about that. And I'm I'm really thankful that she was as willing to get open about everything as she was to share what is a pretty tough journey. And she's on the other side of it and she's grown ridiculously as a result of that. And one of the reasons why it's so important is her journey's not unique. There are other people who have been in exactly her position. And a lot of people don't come back from that, but she's such a wonderful example of the truth that you can. You know, it's not easy. It doesn't mean there isn't work involved, but you can. And you can do more than just come back. You can come back and really thrive and really move ahead. So that's why I'm so thankful and honored and blessed and other nice words to have Claude here today. Um, so let's jump right in because there's so much inspiration and two things. One, we didn't have nearly enough time. We were both super busy and there were technical glitches. So I would love to have her back and we will definitely work on that. And the other is on the technical glitches, um, we lost a connection at one point. She also had her notifications buzzing because there was some stuff going on in her work world that she had to stay abreast of. So you'll hear some other sounds, um, but you'll also hear us cut out and I just wasn't even going to try to fake it and meld it back together. Like we had a laugh, we did a day, we kept moving. So keep that in mind, but here's Claude Silver and more to come because we got to do this one again. Claude Silver, thank you so much for making space to join me today. It means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's so great to hear your voice. Yeah. I have to, I have to give some credit to Chris Soroy for making the connection. Of course, uh, you know, he had you on his show and I'm, I want to link to that because it's worth people hearing. Um, you talk so much about what you do today and I definitely want to hear from that, but there's, there's a story that led you to the today that I'm really curious about and I want to share with everyone. So that's the focus for today, but can you just give a nutshell of this amazing person that you have become and what your, your mission is in, in, uh, especially in your work situation, but more broadly? Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm going to actually start with the work situation because that's something that is so topical, not only am I at work today, I just put a tweet out uh, two hours ago, in fact, that says the following, bringing humanity back into the workplace, bringing us closer to connecting with our hearts, connecting to one another through tenderness and kindness. It's my mission and I will continue to live it, work it, and bring it. Who's with me? And so I, I start with that because I, I mean, quite frankly, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, yeah. uh, mic drop and thank you so much for letting totally. me know. Totally. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, really what you see is what you get. I've been an experiential learner my entire life. I uh, was not good at, at academics and I think, that being said, I really, really learned to listen to my intuition at a very young age, which has guided me. And even though it's guided me, doesn't mean I've always listened to it. I've seen red flags and I've, I've certainly walked right into them, but as most of us do. But um, in, at, at a young age, I, I knew I was always a cheerleader and a 
and I knew I always, always liked underdogs. Funny enough, maybe it was spotted, you got it, and I and I was an underdog or maybe knew I would be at some point, uh, and I say underdog meaning struggling in academics. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was really apparent to me that I would be a great coach, I would be a great player coach, uh, I would be a great cheerleader without the pom-poms. And in school, athletics is really what saved me and gave me an enormous amount of confidence where I didn't have confidence as a student taking the SATs three times untimed or, you know, taking algebra three times. Um, and I really started to feel chills on my arms and really invigorated and extremely happy when I was cheering people on, when I was rooting for people, when I was on the field, on the soccer field, you know, just jumping up and down when someone made a score things like that. And that really followed me through life. I, I wanted to be a therapist, a psychotherapist. Uh, I went on an enormously long outward bound during 93 days wilderness leadership program. I ended up being an outward bound instructor and running ropes courses. And everything I've done in my entire life has been to coach and mentor and lead by example and cheer people on. And that I believe, I, I firmly believe that that spirit that I have inside is something that works in my, works in my benefit here at VaynerMedia and certainly, um, and works in life. So very long winded way of coming back to why being human is so important to me in the workplace and why I also think it's very common sense yeah. because we are human and we are we have friends and we have family and we have people that we love. And then we go to work and we spend nine to 10 hours a day at work and we forget that we're human. Yeah. So yeah. can I, can I be the naysayer for a second? And because you didn't mention um, like employee handbooks or policies and procedures or any of that. And I wonder if people are like, you know, that's beautiful what you said, but it's also, um, idealistic or, um, you know, it's sort of like a utopian. What do you have to say to that kind of response? Cause I, I hear that, but I'm also like, that's the whole problem. Like we get away from the value part. Yeah. So wait, what is the whole problem? The, the, the over, um, over structuring of the people side of the equation that people are, are a resource to be managed and policied and you know all that kind of stuff versus like you're you're going at it much more about the value of people yeah i'm going much more about it in terms of interpersonal um interpersonal accountability interpersonal responsibility interpersonal relationships uh self-awareness the fact that we all up until that first job have had a life we then get into our second job we've had a life our third job, we've had a life and we're going through the same ups and downs that my coworkers going through and the same up and down that I guarantee you my manager's gone through. But why do we get into work and all of a sudden go into this apples to apples to apples, this uh, authoritative and hierarchical structure, which seems to strip away someone's courage yeah. Someone's 
um, uh, recognition, someone's idea of purpose, and and fundamentally that it is it is all of our jobs as coworkers, as employees, to create a safe space for people to belong. So. I, I don't talk about employee handbooks. I don't have, we do not have our values written on the wall here. Um, and just talk about being like, just being real and supporting each other and being champions for one another. That to me is what I believe we learn at a very young age. And especially if we've been fortunate enough to play sports at a young age or be on teams or be in, um, a symphony uh, or a debate club, like we learn to, we learn team. And then we come in here and we tend to forget the idea of team yeah. and what team is all about. And it's about connection. Wow. Um, so I'm kind of wondering how I come work at VaynerMedia now. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> and if that really pervades the way things are run and, and you know, everything I've, I've heard in listening to you before, I, I imagine it really is that way. Cause you know, one of the tricks is a lot of companies talk about it and, you know, they say how they're non-hierarchical and they're values driven and all that, but actually it's just a bunch of marketing fluff, but there's, there's something much more real in what you're talking about. At least that's, that's my perception of it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I, I'm really, really lucky to work with and for Gary Vaynerchuk, who's the CEO of VaynerMedia. He is a person that comes with um, a spirit of generosity and a spirit of a spirit of belief. Mm. And the two of us met in August of 2013 or September. It was, I mean, it was kismet. It was dynamite. It was holy cow! You're the other half. Yeah. We don't look alike. We don't sound alike. We don't. Uh, we don't accentuate the same way but our belief in people is the same. And so when he asked me to, to uh, take on the role of chief heart officer, it was a no brainer to me because a, it's something I, it's my life. I've done it my entire life. And I imagine you have, and many listeners have, you know, when you're a people person, you know, when you're a we before I, and, and you know, when you are a servant leader, right? Mm. Um, so that it was a no brainer to me. And because I had been in agencies for so long, advertising agencies, I'm, I'm fluent in agency speak. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do differently here. And, and he's been an enormous, uh, mentor to me, but he's also been, um, he's been someone who has really put an exclamation point on whatever it is that we're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, sort of uh the dream of what you would hope for in a a boss in a i almost don't want to say the word boss because mm-hmm. it's, it's not like there's a subservience in that and that's kind of the opposite of what it sounds like it's more like you guys are yin and yang spinning around the same core value yeah i mean he is he is my boss yeah. um that's and that's totally cool i'm older than him totally cool um <laughs> and um but I, I do think of him as a boss, and uh, it's a funny, it is a funny word. He's, he's a mentor, and, and his name is on the door. I think that's, that's what goes on. But sure. he's, a, he's a friend, and I, and, I, and I feel as though I actually have a, 
I'm going to use the word playmate, although I don't want to make <laughs> love of what we do, but I've got someone to jam with when it, when it comes to talking about infusing this agency with empathy. Yeah. I have someone to, I can talk about it with from uh, the clouds, you know, 30,000 foot up or from the dirt. Like what is happening today? Give me some advice on this situation, or let me tell you what the meeting was I just walked out of and, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah. Well, I can yeah. imagine it's pretty intense and, um, <laughs> but yet, yet the fact that you called that, you know, playmate, like that's a, that's, that, that shows what the dynamic must be like, despite the intensity. Intensity is yeah. not always bad. Yeah. Intensity is, intensity is not bad. And I mean, you know, I, I work for 800 people. I, I, I'm here for them. So it's, it's, I, it's always on. Yeah. Because we're dealing with human beings again. This is not a, this is, we're, we haven't put people into boxes. Yes, we have teams and yes, we have roles and yes, we have reviews. And, uh, but it is a more collaborative space yeah. here where you can zig and zag and learning, learning slash life skills slash hard skills come from a variety of people, not just your manager. Yeah. Yeah. Claude, I want to, I definitely want to get into your journey and the trials and tribulations that shaped you as a person. There's, there's another theme that I want to ask about. And so I want to throw these both out to you and maybe the order matters based on the story. So I don't want to be the judge of that, but you talked a lot about empathy when you were doing Mavericks Unlimited and the, um, you used the the term self-empathy and you were getting into that notion. A lot of what I talk about is around the need for the starting point to be self-love and how counter that is to the culture that so many of us live in. It's, you know, self-criticism, self-deprecation is almost celebrated. Um, and so that, that really struck a nerve for me. And I want to get into your journey, and I don't know if one is tied to the other or what, so I don't want to order the discussion. I want to let you choose that, but those are two things I really, really want to pull out from you, because the way that you, you talked about the self-empathy I thought was so beautiful and so important, but I know your journey is too. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I couldn't have one without the other, so you asked the right questions. Thank you. Not that there are wrong questions, but these are tied together. There's a relationship yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I figured. And- yeah, and I'm in and, and self empathy, self love, forgiveness, uh, self awareness. Those are things obviously that we're working on constantly until our last breath. So by no means have I mastered it. I deal with my own limiting beliefs, my own imposter syndrome. I think that is one of the things that allow me to be empathetic with others is because I have it. Uh, I've dealt with it, um, just as though I've dealt with. Um, a manager that might not know how to coach me or um, not being able to deliver the right kind of feedback where someone can respond to it and hear it. But, you know, to, to travel back a bit, you know, I, I did share that I was a poor student. I came from um, a highly academic and educated family, a very generous family, very, very much um, altruistic. And my, my parents and my my Nana, who I speak quite a lot about, um, your seriously taught. Yeah, my heart. Isn't that how yeah. you guys refer to each other? I love that. And then your title ends up being chief heart officer. I know. I mean, honestly, Destiny. I just broke out in tears. Yeah. Um, my heart. Yeah. And, and they all taught me this idea of being um, a spirit of generosity. And 
I never knew what it was until I finally could see myself in the mirror. And, and that takes some years, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm up there now way into my fourth decade and I've done quite a lot of work. I've done a lot of therapy on myself. I've done coaching and a lot of spiritual searching and all that good stuff. Um, psychology, somatic, somatic psychology. Um, you know, Brian, it, it comes down to, uh, and I'm not trying to say this to gloss it over because I'll certainly go there, but I made poor choices as an adolescent and my early twenties mm. while I was making healthy choices. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that's a dichotomy that, that I imagine many people live with, um, which is, I'm going to be an incredibly high-ranking tennis player in the juniors, uh, and I'm going to really dive into some exploration of drugs. And at some point, uh, one, one has to win, right? One takes over, and at that point, I chose to, um, I chose to be more experimental with drugs than I, um, than I chose to practice eight hours a day on my serve. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that, that experimentation lasted, thank God it lasted, uh, seven years and no longer. But so at 22 years old, this is something I've I've never spoken about to, to anyone certainly that I work with or, or in an interview, but you know, 22 years old, I became a, a clean young person. Uh, I went to cocaine anonymous and narcotics anonymous and really started to get an understanding of what I was running from. And you, when you do that kind of searching and you really hit a bottom, maybe several times I can say, I, you know, I've got the scars on my butt to show the bottoms. Um, you have to start looking inside. Yeah. And in looking inside, uh, you see things that, may have led you there. You see some bad decisions that you might've made and why, you know, and, and everything has, I I truly believe that the actions that we take and certainly the actions I've taken in my life or the inactions have a root someplace. I just didn't decide to, uh, replace drugs with, um, with a highly abusive relationship. And so I did that. And walked in, walked straight out of doing drugs into uh, my first relationship with a woman, uh, and she was physically abusive. And I, I didn't, I hadn't, and this, I don't say this to, to knock on myself. I just hadn't learned the lesson yet. I hadn't done all the work. Yeah. And so, you know, this is this is the truth. This is, I'm, I'm sure there are listeners out there that that have similar paths. I mean, we all have our quilts are all filled with different patterns and patches and this is mine. Um, and so getting out of that relationship and dealing with what the heck, I mean, talk about shame. Yeah. I, I, it was one thing to, you know, do cocaine, but allowing oneself, allowing myself to, uh, you know, to be hit and, is a, a completely different type of pain. And so I, I became, I went into recovery in that way. And uh, I never really said it that way. But so I did an enormous amount of soul searching and, and spent a lot of time single and um, getting to know myself and getting to know people. And uh, at that point, I was around 
25, I think, 25 in San Francisco. Mm. And um, I was working at this grocery store. Uh, this is in, you know, I don't know, 1996. And uh, this man came up to me, this, this uh, repeat customer, Mark, wonderful guy. And he said to me, I know you can see. And it was the first time anyone had ever said that. And he took me to an incredible place in Sausalito called the Institute of Intuitive Studies. And, uh, and there I stayed for a good six years, um, wow. learning about clairvoyancy and intuition and what it's like to turn your back on intuition and um, uh, past life regression and all that stuff that, you know, we do in Northern California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, journeys to spirit rock and all this great stuff and got into Marianne Williamson. And, and, um, and so I started to, I mean, I started to know myself again. And uh, anyway, it ties into, I mean, I could, I could give you more stories, but I think you get, get the gist that there was, um, I, I would never know, ever, ever, ever know what happiness was like had I not hit those bottoms, yeah. ever. Uh, I'm, I'm, first of all, <laughs> I'm very thankful for what you just shared, how much you shared. So, you know, and I want to I respect and honor that. That was a lot to put out there. Um, and I'm, I'm left with a gazillion questions, but I do wonder in hindsight, how much you think each of those steps was a necessity and intertwined with the steps before and the steps after, you know, is there, is there a way to pull it apart and not have the, those pieces of that specific journey lead you to today? So that's a, that is a really good question. And one I probably think about more than, more than the average bear. Um, I, I, I don't know because, you know, I think experimentation is healthy. I think that teenagers and adolescents are going to try all kinds of things. I think that I, um, as an, as an athlete and as a really good athlete in my, in my, uh, teens, I did things almost to an excess, if you will. I mean, I played tennis to an excess. I, I partied to an excess. And I have a real thirst today in my life to live my life in the most energetic and happy and fulfilled way, probably to an excess. And I, I think we all do. But like, I, I want to squeeze that lemon and that orange as hard as I can, yeah. especially as I'm in my late 40s. and want to really make sure that, you know, my, my first, my, my front half, the front nine has been exceptional. It has been hard. It has been, uh, tragic in some areas. It has been incredibly filled with light and my back half, my back nine is going to be even better. So that's, that, that's how I, that's really how I think about, yeah. um, that's how I think about life in this moment. But I don't know, I got to tell you something, had I never known what rejection felt like, I don't know if I could be me today. Had I never, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I think, had I never understood the depths of what it's like to really be at the bottom of the sea of the ocean and swim around there for a while. I don't think I would ever be able to look someone in the face here and be able to say, 
I know what that feels like. Yeah. And I'm going to be here with you while you swim your way to the surface. And you know what? It's not going to happen today. What I was really interrupting with was the, the desire to know in those moments, do you think it's po- like you, you can definitely get that in hindsight. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean you will, but if you're, I think if you're willing to do the work, the reflection, the, the valuing of the process and trying to take something from it, you can see that it's really hard to see in the midst. And I'm wondering, you know, did you have any moments of like, I know what I'm going through is really difficult. I don't know if I'm going to make it out or maybe you did know you'll make it out, but it's necessary. Or does that, do you think that takes something outside to pull you out of it or someone to show you it? Um, I think I, I absolutely think I had a pilot light inside of me that knew that I would come out of it. I did. I absolutely can tell you that. And I'm not sure if the pilot light was given to me um, or passed to me from my heart, my nana. Yeah. Or from the fact that I just knew I would take myself to the very edge, but I would, I would come back. Now I, I will tell you that, mm. you know, I've, I've lost a dear, dear, dear friend and my um, cousin who we adopted as my brother to suicide. And so I recognize that some people don't come back yeah, and aren't meant for this world. And, and fortunately, I, I never had that thought, and I always knew I was meant for this world. Mm. I just didn't know how I would get here. I never knew I would be in this situation to speak with someone like you who's had an incredible journey himself and to have the honor of being in this chair to hold space and listen to so many people every single day say, you know, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me uh, to remove this roadblock? Or I, I don't know what my purpose is. Can you help me find it? All of that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I just knew, I, I knew that I had potential. So yeah. that's the pilot light. I just didn't know how I was going to get to, I didn't know how I was going to walk through the alphabet. Got it. Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, there's like a whole, realm of study I could I could see myself getting into right now that um uh, you see a lot of ultra endurance athletes who are also addicts or former addicts um you know I'm thinking like Charlie Angle um Rich Roll there's just there's a bunch of them that there's something about the you know as I'm listening to you talk about your own sports experience and then going down that path or going down a more extreme path whether it's ultra endurance sports or something else where there's, it's almost like an addictive personality and a sense, I think it's more than just that. It's like a sense of extreme capability. Like I can get through this. I can do this. I can charge ahead and, you know, I can achieve all these things. I I wonder if it's just the addictive personality that makes you, you know, run 50 miles at a time, or if there's something more from a competitive and capability standpoint. Um, so I've never really thought of myself as competitive, even though I played, you know, I played tennis as a competitor. And so it's, it's really interesting. I think for me, it's much more, I think, I think I've just had more of a drive to push the limits. Mm. Um, and actually I use the word drive. Like I've had a drive to drive fast. I would love to be a, a formula one driver. And I, I have this need inside sometimes to, um, 
to just push it. So like snowboarding is something that is incredibly satisfying to oh, me. Oh no. Yeah. Snowboard. No, no, skis. Don't ruin yeah. the mountain. Oh my God. I was <laughs> snowboarding when we still had Sorrells. We didn't even have snowboarding. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, I've now gotten into wakeboarding and so I, I don't have the endurance. Um, I'm not an endurance runner. I wish I even was a runner like Rich, but um, I have a I have a real passion for pushing it, and, uh, and that that that's like a spirit inside. That's yeah. just like spirit. It's a spirit inside. The other day, I I had this thought. I actually tweeted it or put it on LinkedIn, which is, can we? Is there a difference between speed and hustle? And can we teach hustle? So uh, can, can we teach hustle? And I think that hustle is something that is literally in our veins, that's ingrained in our veins. And I think we can lead by example, but I'm not sure if we can teach hustle. Obviously we can teach speed and I think people can get, you know, if, if let's, let's say we're on a soccer field, I think a forward or a halfback knows the sense of speed pretty quickly, right? Yeah. They're, they're fast. I think there's something in the veins of a goalie that knows the idea of hustle. And that's different. I think that they can see the field 10 ball, you know, 10, 10 moves uh, prior to it coming to the ball coming their way. And I think they get this kind, maybe it's adrenaline. I'm not really sure, but I, I think, um, I have both speed and hustle to sum that long-winded prose. I've I've never thought of that that difference, and it's absolutely like it's brilliant. That's exactly. I'm just going through like picturing situations I've been in, or when I think about a top performer, you know, as an employee, or you know, whether it's it's a sports setting or something like that, versus someone who's just good. But they're not, you know, they're never going to set the world on fire. I think that's that's a big part of the difference. It's like some innate foresight and proactivity versus just they're quick and they can get to where you need them to be. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were already there. You know, it's it's like Wayne Gretzky skating to where the puck will be. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that you is brilliant. To, yeah, you got to have that fire inside, which I think is different than fuel. Yeah is speed i think fire is the hustle i don't use the word hustle often by the way yeah it's a special word then yeah and, and you can you i mean within within some limitations but you can train for speed you know you can keep putting in the workouts and get faster and faster but you can't and that's why i say like maybe it's the intrinsics or the innate capabilities is you can probably get a little bit better but there's something about your vision there's something about your your foresight that needs to serve you to sort of like get on that adrenaline train and perform in a wholly different way. Yes. Oh my God. Totally. You can, I mean, I don't, I, I can't even get into like Olympic athletes, but Michael Phelps, I, he has trained for speed. He has trained for also the hustle of what happens in his heart, in his body, yeah. in his, he is on those blocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I mean, I think we should like continue to jam on this another time because it's and and get people in the conversation that are 
uh, endurance athletes or that are um, NASCAR drivers or it's just yeah. fascinating to me. I don't have any answers. It's just a thought. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And um, you could get into a whole like the discussion around flow, you know, such a, a key thing for top sports performance. And is this flow or is this something else? And can you have one without the other? And do they serve each other or do they work against each other? You know, like I, I, when I think of Michael Phelps, other than the insane McDonald's breakfast that, you know, he's doing ads for that. I just, I can't get over that. Not in a good way. Um, thinking about like, he does have this sense of not calm. That's not really the right word, but it's all like, it's all within him. He knows what's going on. He can handle it. He's performing it at such an unbelievable level but you don't get the sense that like he just completely spent every ounce of his being and, and he's burnt out and he's overdone it. Like there's, I don't know, there's some level of control and performance that it's cleaner than just kind of like all out, you know, burn yourself to the core just to try to get to the end. Yeah. So true. Burn, burnout is a serious thing, but I do think burnout can be prevented with, uh, with, awareness but also um energy management big time yeah and i think so much of burnout is also maybe going back to self-empathy self-empathy um stop not making excuses anymore is you know i as a, as a leader myself a lot of the people who work for me when they're complaining about how overloaded they are and I'm listening to it and I see several paths out if they would just raise their hand or prioritize differently every single, you know, did you try skipping this meeting? Because it doesn't sound like it was very valuable. It's like, oh, but, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that or, you know, I can't bother that person with it or I'm sure they'd be too busy. I'm like, you know, you've you've talked yourself out of every single option before you've even tried them. And uh, I think we, we need to be willing to make more space for. Brian? <laughs> it just wasn't meant to be so i have no idea where it cut out or didn't cut out but so i i don't think i can even fake bringing that back together so we'll just we'll leave it it's where it is so <laughs> it is all, honestly thank god we both have senses of humor like this is life on life's terms so Claude, people always ask me how do you deal when when things go bad and uh you know because I, I wrote this book basically about that and it sounds like I'm plugging my book, but if I don't say it, someone around me will remind me that they'll say the name of the book. They'll just be like, do a day. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Don't let it get to you. Um, if I got all worked up about everything, I'd be like the most hypocritical author out there. Um, I got to stay true to my message. Well, like I said, I'm not going to try to edit that together. We'll just have a laugh and hopefully the listeners will too. But can I have you yeah. back on? I feel like we need to, we need to do this again because there's so much more. Um, yeah. to unpack. Awesome. We definitely, definitely do. Yeah. I, I, and I don't, I hope, you know, I don't want to be a downer. It's like, this is what, uh, you know, this is my past and we all have a past, but man, oh man, without that past. And we, we dissected it a little bit. There's yeah. no way I would, I really don't think there's, there's a way I could be a champion for myself and have forgiveness over some of the things that I've done. Um, and look at people straight in the eye and be a believer in them. And that's, that is what gives me chills up and down my arm. And that's when I know like this shit is right. I'm in the right place. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, on a grand scale. And I'm so fortunate to speak to someone like you that has gone through, uh, your own, uh, trials and tribulations yeah. and, 
you know, swam to the surface and, and, you know, rock me like a hurricane. Here you are. Yeah. I don't even like swimming. So all the swimming talk today. No, I, I appreciate that. I do think the journey is necessary. I think it's very easy for a lot of people to lose sight of that. Um, even in hindsight, um, if you're willing to do the work though, usually you end up appreciating it. And that's, you know, if there's anything I ever want to leave people with is like, it may be hard and we can still do it, you know, and, and what you get as a result of that hard work is yeah. worth so much more than you could ever imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm high-fiving your photo on Skype right now. That works. Just okay. clean your monitor later. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll have to do this again. I want to respect your time, but thank, I can't thank you enough. Where, real quickly, where can people find you? What's the best place to, to see all of this, these brilliant tweets you're putting out, the stuff on LinkedIn, all that stuff? Thanks. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's all me, Claude Silver. Awesome. And, of course, I will link up to that. Claude, you're amazing. I'm so glad that Chris made the connection. Um, yeah. I hope to send him yet another thank you. And, uh, and I can't wait to, to do this again and to talk to you some more. So with yeah. that, I want everyone to remember today is a new day. Go out and do it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. What did I tell you? Was that awesome or what? Claude is amazing. And her journey, you know, She's amazing for her values, and that's what she gets a lot of attention for, but she hasn't really shared this journey as much. And I think for people who have listened to a number of these episodes or have read my book, you get why the journey is so important to me. And I think Claude is, is such a fantastic example of why that journey is so important. So like I said at the intro, we definitely didn't get enough time together. You could hear us like just barely scratching the surface on a lot of really deep stuff, both in her story and the outcome of it and values. And so she and I talked afterward, like we will definitely try to get another one of these on the books and just push even further because there's there's too much to just let it go. Um, but in the meantime, follow Claude. She mentioned this tweet that she put out like it's not unique. She puts out a lot of pretty deep, powerful stuff. Um, so follow her at Claude Silver. Um, I think it's, yeah, it was going to say it's Claude.Silver, but it's not, it's just Claude Silver. And she's the same on, on all social media. Um, so check her out. And she puts out a lot on LinkedIn as well. So you should look her up there. Uh, and you should follow me at Brian Falchuk on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere. And check out BrianFalchuk.com and DoADayBook.com. And if this episode spoke to you, I would be so blessed if you would leave a review on iTunes. That means a lot. It really helps us grow the following and help other people discover the podcast, which means they stand a better chance of overcoming their greatest challenges, finding that inspiration and changing their lives. So please do that. And if you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe. Claude is amazing and she's not alone. I have other guests like Claude that bring real inspiration, real guidance, real message to you on a regular basis. So check out doadaybook.com and check out the podcast, find links to subscribe or find us by searching Do A Day, uh, the Do A Day podcast on your favorite podcast software, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. And thank you for joining in. You know, this is a, this is a tough one. This is a deep one. And, you know, maybe it's a lot for some people to hear, but it's really important. So I'm glad you stuck through and dealt with the uh, the technical ups and downs hopefully you had a laugh i know we did and i hope to have you back here again to do another day thanks everyone